Good morning or good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into Herf's Huddle, Chicago Bears podcast presented by myself, Joseph Herf. And for those of you who don't know me or my work, you can follow me on Twitter at Joseph Herf NFL for all of my tweets, articles, and reactions surrounding the Bears. Today, I'm going to be highlighting the three keys to victory against the 12-1 Philadelphia Eagles. And additionally, I'm going to talk about a few players we need to prioritize extending this offseason, and I'm going to get into my mailbag. So to kick this thing off, Again, keys to victory is a uh, a term we just use to say, how can we potentially win this game if everything goes perfect? Do I think we actually beat the Eagles? Not a chance. But if these things do happen, we definitely have. We put our chance in a position to win the game. So the first one is locking down the tandem of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, at wide receiver for the Eagles. They are arguably one of the top duos in football, and they're as hot as they can ever be. A.J. Brown is having one of his best years yet with Jalen Hurts throwing the ball. Devontae Smith looks like an elite wide receiver, too. This this duo is nearly unstoppable right now. And limiting them and locking them down would give Jalen Hurts not a lot of help. He's going to be throwing them to Quez Watkins. I don't even know who their second tight end is now that Dallas Goddard is hurt. So, overall, locking them down would help a lot. Again, doing that is nearly impossible, but, hey, you never know. The second major key would be controlling the clock with running the ball. So Philadelphia Eagles put up a ton of offensive points. They can score nonstop, and they basically blow teams out so bad the offense comes off the field and they stop trying. So they get a major lead, and then they kind of coast. So if you control the clock and you eat at that defense, who now is having a deep defensive line, now they sign an Amkin Sue. Uh, they got their draft pick back, Jordan Davis, and – they already had a good defensive front besides that. In addition to that, they have a great linebacking core and a great secondary. So that defense is stacked from top to bottom. If you just slowly eat at that clock and just run the ball, you're going to slow them down. And Justin Fields isn't going to have a lot of people to throw the ball to this game, so might as well run the ball a lot, right? Just don't run over the fields too much. The last key to victory would be, again, a miracle given the surrounding circumstances would be that Justin Fields outperforms Jalen Hurts. Again, Fields is playing with a banged-up Chase Claypool has not practiced all week. Byron Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown, Nikhil Harry, along with that offensive line, and he's playing against one of the top defenses in football. Jalen Hurts has the polar opposite. He has one of the best receiving cores in football, elite offensive line, solid running game, and a horrible defense to play against. But basically, if Fields does outperform Hurts, there's a good chance that we do win the game. So, again... Do we win this game? There's probably a 95% chance we don't win this game. 5% chances if all the things do go to plan. Obviously, again, we want to tank to happen. We don't want to win this game, especially against a 12-1 Eagles. That literally means nothing, except it would mean a lot to us to see Justin Fields outperforming Jalen Hurts. But, again, getting a loss here helps the draft pick, and don't really see this coming out as a victory anyway. So, overall, again, the three keys are locking down A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, control the clock, and have Justin Fields outperform Jalen Hurts. Now we're going to talk about some players that we need to prioritize extending for um, the future. Again, the, these guys aren't pending free agents this year, but they are going to be pending free agents in 2024. Actually, all these guys are. This just happened to be how it goes. There really isn't anybody worth extending. After the season, outside of maybe David Montgomery, but he's not really a priority in my opinion. It all depends. You know, The market is pretty deep right now with Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley kind of headlining it. So... But the guys we need to prioritize extending to lock up long-term to help not only the team, but to help Justin Fields. Number one, it's quite obvious. It's Zarnell Mooney. I mean, the dude is 
obviously Justin Fields' favorite guy to throw the ball to. He always seems to get open. He catches every ball thrown his way. He makes insane circus catches, and he's elite after the catch. It's hard to see kind of what he has done this year due to the slow start of the Bears' offense this year, large part due to Fields and Getsy. but Mooney is a monster, and even when the offense isn't looking good, he's still looking good. So need to pay him. He deserves a bag. I think he should see somewhere in the range of, you know, 14 to 17 million a year. I, I put him down as a four year, $64 million contract. Um, basically a million a year less than Tyler Lockett, which I think is very fair. I think he basically is a Lockett light. I don't think he's quite Tyler Lockett, but he could easily be that in terms of what the he offers out of the slot. So lock up Mooney long-term, make him your, basically your future wide receiver. And again, look to pair him with a star. So after that, Cole Komet's the next name that comes up. I mean, it's another guy who's a safety security blanket to Fields. He's anytime Fields is in trouble, he looks for Komet in terms of the check down. Um, also looks from a ton in the red zone. I know this year Komet already has five touchdowns. He's having a great receiving year, despite again the slow start to the offense. He had that streak where he had multiple t- he had two touchdown games back to back, and he's getting his best separation of his career and his best yards per catch of his career. He, he's looked awesome. I mean, he deserves a pretty decent contract right now. And if I were him, I would be signing contract right now too, because he's currently at his high, at least in terms of overall potential value. So again, he could definitely go up, but he's proven this year more than enough. So I would also give him a four-year deal. He is very, very young. I think he's only 24 or 23. He's literally like my age. So um, he was a year below me in high school. So I could see him getting like a, uh, you know, 10 to 12, million dollar a year contract. I put him down at a four year, $44 million contract, which is 11 million per year. It's right below Hunter Henry. Literally, I think 200 K per year below Hunter Henry. I think Henry proved a lot more and deserved more money, but Komet has, you know, more to offer in terms of his age, his potential, all that stuff. So I think he's in that range. And they also puts him right above, uh, I believe it was Mike Gesicki who again, he's going to be cut this off season anyway. And I think it puts him right above Dalton Schultz too. So, which is also fair. So, Overall, Cole Komet definitely got any lock of long term with Mooney that that gives you know security to to Fields. The third option, again, we might as well keep the offense going. Chase Claypool, he'll be a free agent in twenty twenty four. At this current moment, if we do want to extend in this offseason, can't pay him too much money. I think he could be literally anywhere from the seven million a year to twelve million a year. I was a little generous with the offer. I gave him a two year, twenty two million dollar contract. A high incentivized contract that's very similar basically to the Michael Gallup deal. Gallup got 11.25 per year, and that's because he was coming off an injury. He needed to prove more, that he could earn more money. Claypool's still young. He still has a lot of years left in him, so he signs a two-year generous you know, generous deal for what he has proven so far to basically prove that he is worth more money. And then after that two-year deal, when he balls out for the Bears, you give him a bag. But he definitely needs, a guy, needs to be a guy that we prioritize extending keep the same targets that Fields looks for in-house. While Mooney's been out, Claypool has been the target hog outside of Komet. And I believe he led wide receivers in targets last last game that we played, despite missing a lot of the game and playing at probably about 50% for the remainder of the game with a knee brace on. So extend him. He obviously feels getting comfortable with him, and Claypool is still learning the offense and still being integrated. So Extend him now while he's decently cheap, and then, you know, after he balls out, give it back. That's fine with me. Lastly, again, this is not really a big one. I think he needs to still prove it 
and maybe franchise tag him if he does prove it. But Jalen Johnson, he's another guy that he has looked very good, mainly as a cornerback too. I don't think he's a cornerback one. I think he could be down the line. I think he's a very elite cornerback two if he is a becomes a two. And I think he's a you know average corner one. So I think he if you do extend him, I think you're still generous because he has proven a lot outside of this year. Again, this year's kind of an anomaly on that defense. They look absolutely horrible from top to bottom outside of a few individuals like Brisker and Eddie Jackson and Jackson one. So I say you give Jalen Johnson a three year thirty million dollar contract. That puts him right in the range of Kendall Fuller. Ronald Darby, DJ Reed, all guys that are proven corner twos slash average corner ones that show flashes. Kendall Fuller is a guy that comes to mind when it comes to a, a corner one that shows flashes. Uh, he, he isn't obviously a star, you know, that you'd look at like a Jalen Ramsey, but he makes some plays. You're like, wow, this, guy, this guy's a stud. Um, and DJ Reed, he's a very good corner two alongside uh, Sauce Gardner. That, that duo they have locked up there is incredible. And Ronald Darby, he, he's been very a very good two for years now. So – I think Johnson's in that range at this current moment. Again, if I were him, I'd bet on myself and play another year, prove that you can ball when you're in an actual defense. But if he were to want to extend this offseason, I think that's kind of a, a fair deal to him. So overall, he got to extend those guys. Those are guys, actually, three of those guys are from the same draft class, which is crazy to think that we want to extend three guys from that draft class that without with no first round pick in that class either. So overall, that was a very good draft. Um, and then Claypool obviously was traded for. So yeah, we definitely got to get uh get those guys locked up long term. Finally, we're gonna end the podcast like we always do uh, on Fridays, which is with my mailbag. So, I've uh, got a bunch of very good questions actually this time. A lot of these I had to think about in pretty good detail. The first one, especially, so the first one's from my good friend Chick. Um, actually, went to ISU with him. He asked me if you could put Justin Fields on any Bears team in their entire history, where would you put him? So obviously, I would want to see Justin Fields in my lifetime. So that eliminates probably about that I would watch probably about 2002 below. Um, my gut immediately goes to 2018 Chicago Bears that miss in the double blank. Love Trubisky, but Fields is obviously better than him. The only downside to do that is that keeps Nagy here long-term, and we clearly don't want that. We don't want that. So if outside, if Nagy's gone and you, you take that out of the equation, like he's – or he just ends up becoming a good coach, whatever it is. I take 2018 Bears in a heartbeat. I think that team becomes a dynasty given the the current team that they had in their current age year. I mean, Allen Robinson was great for years after that. Mooney had, had just come into house in the next season. Um, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, like they, Adrian Amos, like they, they had a great team going. Um, and even the next year, they were built to compete. They just didn't. Uh, Nagy sucked. So, but. Otherwise, besides that, I'd pick Lovey Smith's Bears, the team that made the uh, the Super Bowl. Obviously, I, they, I mean, they had Rex Grossman. Fields probably wasn't a fit for that time frame in terms of his style at the current moment, but at that time, he probably still would be incredible and he'd be good for years. So, give me that for sure. Next question comes from uh, Jarrett. He asked me what my best is. My best guess is that what free agent position we're going to spend big on first. And his three guesses were defensive tackle, offensive line, or wide receiver. I think if Deron Payne doesn't get franchise tagged or extended before the offseason, I think they're going to jump at him first before they do anything else and try and give him a bag right away. Obviously, if they miss on Payne, I think they're going to they're going to shift their focus to offensive line and look at who the free agents are. Like obviously an Elton Jenkins is a very obvious free signing for them. I don't want to say free, but good fit in terms of coaching staff, 
um, Bears current needs, all that stuff. I think he's a great fit. So I can see that him being that guy. But overall, I, I don't think wide receiver is going to get a bag just because of the current market and you just traded a second round pick because of the current market. So my guess is DT, unless they miss out paint, and then offensive line. But great question there, too. Another, this is another question that I had to think about for a bit of time, but this was could the Bears pull off a trade like the Philadelphia Eagles did and get a wide receiver like A.J. Brown? That was asked by Matt. Love that question. So nobody's really talking about this either. A lot of people are just kind of defaulting to we have to draft somebody or sign somebody. A lot of trades were last offseason. A lot of guys moved around. A few of those guys obviously have impacted greatly. If you haven't, I mean, Amari Cooper has impacted the Browns in an incredible way. A.J. Brown has too. Hollywood Brown hasn't done much, but he got banged up. Um, trying to think of who the other one was. I'm drawing blank. Robert Woods hasn't done much, but they don't throw the ball enough, and he's he it was coming off an ACL injury. But I think they could. I mean, it's not impossible. If you do like a uh, a very good scenario for them is if they trade back with the team. Say, for example, one of the players I have on here is Michael Pittman. You could trade back with the Indianapolis Colts, who pick up, I think, nine currently, somewhere in that area, and get Pittman and their pick for your pick, I think that's a fair trade. I, I Obviously, the Colts probably don't take that, but on paper, that is a fair trade. And the Colts might not do that, but they could because they're, they're going to be a rebuilding team. They don't have a quarterback, and they just fired their coach. So if they keep their GM and they think they can retool with a new coach, maybe they'll keep Pittman. But there's other teams like that that could need a quarterback. I mean, Mike Evans on the Buccaneers is a great example, too. He's Mike Evans is aging currently right now. He's already going to be 30, I believe, in that offseason that he becomes a free agent or 31. And Tom Brady ain't playing forever, and he doesn't look the same. So Mike Evans could want to get out of house. He's not getting the ball much anymore. He's honestly not getting prioritized. Trade back with the Bucs, get Evans, and let the Bucs take their quarterback. So another few examples, too, there are T. Higgins. Um, not really a disgruntled or not a fit receiver, but um, Bengals just might not be able to afford him. They got to extend a lot of people, and T. Higgins might not be one of those guys they can afford, and they know they can't down the line. But you never know. Another example, Gabe Davis. He's a guy that uh, will be a free agent in 2024, and he's – I don't know if he'll be upset because he's on the Buffalo Bills, but he is being underutilized, in my opinion. I think he's a very good wide receiver that's not getting enough targets because Josh Allen loves digs but and loves to go to the slot if he doesn't go to digs. So I think Gabe could be another guy who wants to become a one somewhere. But great question regardless. The next question comes from comes from uh, B B Schultz. I love him on Twitter. Love his interactions. Um, arguably the, a bigger Mitch fan than me, which is crazy to say. But his question actually kind of ties into that. Uh, chances of the Bears. Fi- what are the chances of the Bears finding a trade partner in the first round? And do do I see the Bears taking a wide receiver with their first three picks currently? So the first part of that, I see them find a trade partner. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think. The best case scenario for the Bears, if they do want to trade back, is, you know, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young goes first. And then, unfortunately, Will Anderson goes second, which I think the Bears should then pivot and look for a trade back. And I think a team will get eager because the team picking at four or five could want a quarterback, could want the opposite of Stroud or Young or even Will Levis. And they could want to trade up immediately and make sure they get their guy. It happens Every single year, the teams trade up and try and get their guy, whether it's a quarterback position, whatever. Even if the Bears want to trade back from Will Anderson, I don't know if they should, if he's there at three, but if they do, you never know. But I think it should be more more than easy enough for them to be able to find a trade partner. Everyone wants to trade up at some point for their guy. So 
just gotta start making calls. Maybe call the Falcons. I mean, we know how much they love to trade trade up because now they have Ryan Pace. So give them, uh, you know, give them a few or get a few picks from them and give them our first round pick and let them make a mistake or something because this Pace is specialty in the first round. But um, I think that's very likely. If they do it though, not sure. Next next part of that question was, you know, do you see them thinking a wide receiver? I don't think so. I think if you trade back and get more picks early, you might. Like, if you trade back and get another second round or another third, maybe you use one of those picks to take a wide receiver. But if we do take one, it's probably going to be if someone falls into the second. Like, if, if a Joshua Downs falls into the second, they should be sprinting up to the board and taking them. Um, in the third round, I mean, you know, if a guy like Zay Flowers falls to you, um, a guy like Cedric Tillman falls to you, whatever, take him. But – I don't think they do. I, I don't. I, you already spent a third on a receiver last year. You just spent a, basically your second round pick on a Chase Claypool. So don't think so. But good question, though. Next question comes from my boy Ridge. He asked me basically a pick three. So the first set of three, uh, this is, again, along the defensive line. It's Marcus Davenport, uh, Draymond Jones, and Jalen Carter. Those are the first three. The next three are Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, and Will Anderson. I'm taking the second group of three, and I'm not even complaining. To kind of start, I think the issue with the first group is I I think Davenport is a little too old now at this point to be a guy you want to keep long-term. I think you want to get people younger. But at least to make your star. Like, you're taking Davenport to be your star for your team, whereas in the second group, you're taking DeRon Payne to be your star, and he is 26. Keep him a lot longer. So DeRon Payne already, to me, is like a slam-dunk pick. Or a player to pick up. Will Anderson, I already, like I said, he's my lock. I pick him over Carter anyway. So those two have the edge right there. And then I like Matt Ioannidis a lot. I think he's very, very underrated as a run stuffer. And he is consistently rated pretty well by Pro Football Focus, who, again, don't love them. But I, I think that you could use it to, you know, support yourself if it's hard to prove defense alignment or good outside of, like, you know, if they have crazy stats like Aaron Donald. But Ioannidis is very underrated. So overall, I take that group. Next question comes from my uh, my buddy Nick, also went to ISU with me. So he asked me a, another very good question. Basically, I have to pick one free agent that is a dream free agent for the Bears. It's the same with the draft player. So the free agent, Orlando Brown Jr., best tackle in class right now. If he's even available at the time, you have to take him. He's a star. He's your, he's your left tackle for the future and for the next seven years. Will Anderson at D, at, on the, in the draft. Again, like I said, I, I've said it a few times already. Can't miss prospect. You got to take them. So, again, there's a lot of players I like, but those are easily my two guys because then that locks up your offensive line and your defensive line right away. Don't need to prioritize anything else. Well, that's the final question. It's a two-parter for my buddy Fred. Um, he, the first one, I'll answer first separately. He asked, "Will next year be the year we see four thousand yards from quarterback?" And yes, it will be. I, unless Justin Fields gets hurt, I don't see a scenario that we don't see four thousand passing yards. The second part of that question is, will the Bears and the Lions be the top teams of the NFC North for the future? See, that's a good question, too, because I think the Packers are going to try and reload when Rodgers leaves with Jordan Love, and the way Love looked, that's possible. I don't think they will be, though. I don't I don't trust Matt LaFleur without Aaron Rodgers. I don't trust that defense at all, given their coaching staff. The Vikings, I think they have a few years left in their, uh, in their you know, hoorah thing, but I don't think they're going to be a long-term, you know, team that you want to support with Kirk Cousins aging is already 34 33 so they don't really have a lot going for them outside of Justin Jefferson Dalvin Cook's aging 
Adam Thielen's old. That offensive line has looked great so far. They have their blue chip left tackle in Christian Derisaw. I'll be sad about that one. He was my guy. But overall, I don't think so. They don't really have a lot of young talent to build off of, in my opinion. Again, I could be completely wrong, but I don't think they have a lot of young stars outside of Justin Jefferson to build off of, and they're not going to have a quarterback in a few years. If they address that quarterback right away and get that fixed, then maybe, yeah. But I don't think so. Lions and Bears, though, possibly. I, I think the Lions need to get rid of Goff. I think Goff has looked good, but Goff is Goff. So I think if the Lions, you know, get somebody to, uh, to you know, like a C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young in the draft, you never know. But overall, again, thanks, you guys, all for the mailbag questions. Those questions were awesome this week. I loved answering all those and doing my research behind them. But overall, everybody, thanks for tuning in uh, to this podcast. Be sure to tune in on Monday, Monday morning, for when uh, the follow-up of the Bears probably getting swapped by the Eagles. You know, you never know. But we'd love to see a Justin Fields masterclass. So thanks for tuning in. Feel free to share with your friends, five-star review, all that good stuff. And I will see you guys all on Monday after the Bears game.